New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast. New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. to the cosmic prayer i'm just straightening my camera here i am so excited to be here today of course always excited to be here on the cosmic prayer on new thought media network and today i have um well we are blessed with an incredible guest i love the way that rhymes we are blessed with an incredible guest here today and i love the way that God moves because a few months ago, Reverend JJ Giaducci came on to the Cosmic Prayer and shared her story and uh, her understanding of prayer. And then a few weeks after that, she emailed me with an introduction to our next guest, who is just an incredible, uh, I for me, an inspiration for me. He has taken uh, prayer and his understanding of God and written about it, authored about it, speaks about it and inspires people to live their best lives uh, with God. This is amazing. So I want to introduce to the Cosmic Prayer today, uh, Ryan Joseph Allen. He is a, a, a best-selling author. Ryan, hi and welcome. You're a best-selling <laughs> author, a bestseller on Amazon with your book, My Drug Dealer Brought Me to God, which the, just the title of that alone leaves me wanting to just delve into hours of conversation with you. And you are a transformational leader, really, and speaker and coach, a motivational speaker also, and you assist nonprofits to um, to be the best that they can be. I know that you do that. So I'm just so blessed that you're here to inspire me and the viewers. Welcome to the Cosmic Prayer. Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm here to help spread some love with you. And that's really my, my main mission here in life. Um, and it comes through different avenues. But uh, when JJ reached out, I said, absolutely, I would love to be connected to Laura and the beautiful work that they're doing here and just to share with you all and and get to sit with you and experience and learn and grow together so i'm super excited yeah. thanks for having me <laughs> 
That's beautiful. So let's begin here with you. And I want I want to begin with your book. I mean, normally I would ask um, the, the super guest, you know, what is it about prayer? And today I'm just being guided in my heart to ask you, what is it? What is it? What is it about God? What is it about God for you? Because the title of your book, My Drug Dealer Brought Me to God, it, it gives me a feeling that, you know, you went through something. You went through something that you surrendered to. <laughs> and I'm interested to know about that. Yeah. So I will do my best to share in the littlest amount of time yeah. um, to keep us on track. But it really just starts when I was a young child. Um, I was three or four. I, I felt so very different um, than the other males around me. Um, I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt, you know, they had these gender norms and they like sports and these things and video games. And I wasn't good at any of those things. I was good at arts and crafts and cooking and um, things that, you know, weren't really, um, you know, that young boys weren't supposed to like as much as uh, girls. And that, you know, obviously this is in the early 90s. And so things are different now, thank goodness. But, um, you know, I, I started building a relationship simultaneously around that time with God and had a really close connection and relationship to the point when I would I would choose to go to church with friends and family. I wanted to, um, you know, have prayer or watch your spiritual or religious based like movies with my, you know, great aunt who later baptized me around five years old. Um, and I got baptized in a church and all kinds of things. And but but what happened is these these this dissonance between um me feeling so different and then me realizing I'm I'm a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um and then hearing this rhetoric when I was, you know, growing from the time I was really little for my extended family particularly my family that lived in <clears throat> rural Nashville, Tennessee, around um, God not loving LGBTQ people, that gay people go to hell, et cetera. And I heard this, and even though they didn't say it directly to me, um, I'd hear it in church there, I'd hear it <clears throat> in, in things my aunts said, or my cousins, or um, my grandparents. And it started making me, uh, it, it created this, this barrier between me and, and my spirituality, faith, and God, um, which I'd had really strong connection with. Like I felt really connected to the divine. But as as I kept hearing these things, I kept getting farther and farther. And then I, you know, started having problems with drugs and alcohol. I started self-mutilating and 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 cutting myself. I had suicide attempts. I had really enhanced mental health issues because of the drugs and alcohol that made my mental health things I was struggling with much worse. Um, and eventually, and this is a very long story short, um, I was with my drug dealer um, about a, about six months after my daughter was born. I have a 10 year old daughter now. She's about to be 11. And I was sitting there with my drug dealer of all people who simply shared her story with me. And she shared her faith and her beliefs with me. And it inspired me to turn my life around. Um, I had already stopped the hard drugs about a month before this conversation um, through a really kind of interesting experience, um, you know, where I was guided to just that I had to stop and that I, my daughter was going to end up without a dad. I was going to end up dead or in prison or um, addicted to drugs for the rest of my life if I didn't stop that day. So I stopped that day, 
listen to the call, listen to the divine. Um, and that's kind of where it started kind of wiggling its way back in, even though I didn't have words for it. Right. Um, and it kind of, there was a little glimpse of, of light. It was like a pinpoint of light shining through this blackness and this darkness. And then I had this talk with my drug dealer of all people, right? Your drug dealer. And it reconnected me with my faith later that night. I went to the restroom, fell on my knees and I said, God, I need you back in my life. Like I need you to come save me. I'm not okay. And I might've stopped hard drugs, but I was still like smoking pot and drinking every day and, and on this self-destructive path, even though it was better um, or I was doing better, you know, quote, air quotes better. You know, what's that when you're still kind of going down this, this space of self-loathing. And that's really what my, my main addiction was from an early child was self-loathing. Um, I, I learned to hate myself because I thought God hated me um, and because I was different than the people around me. And like I said, as the time, as I got older, you know, that led to suicide attempts and all kinds of other things. But by the time my drug dealer was really just able to share her heart with me, um, which people presume a drug dealer is cold, calculating, you know, um, trying to just, you know, make some money, doesn't care about people. Like that's not always the case. I'm sure there are, there, I know there are drug dealers like that, but there, some people are, are, people are multifaceted. Um, so, um, this, this drug dealer had a beautiful faith and, um, led me back to my divinity. So as, as I fell on my knees in my bathroom, cried and begged God to save my life, everything, I woke up the next day and everything seemed different for once in a, for once in the first, like forever, I could, I could breathe, um, and really connect with a breath. And um, later that day, I was actually taking that same friend to work, my drug dealer, who was also my friend. And I let her, I was let her, letting her stay with me because she had, um, essentially she was a drug dealer because she was trying to get her kids back. And she had a full-time job, but she didn't make enough money. Um, so she was supplementing her income with selling drugs. And, uh, you know, I don't, you know, think that's, I think there are so many stories that lead people down to using drugs and selling drugs and all of those things. We can't just blanket statements say those people are horrible people um, or have horrible hearts or horrible intentions. We don't really always know. And um, everyone's story is different. So like I said, of her sharing her story, the next day um, I was taking her to work and um, we were talking about faith. I said, now that I believe in God, how do I have faith in God? Because that seems to be like the next step in the evolutionary process of believing for me um, and being connected. We talked about this whole way to work. Um, she she got out of the car and the one, the one car in front of me as I left the parking lot um, was a license plate that said faith. Um, you know, we in, in the states we can have, for there's 50 states of course, and then there's license plates can be like specialized per state. So you could have 50 license plates in all of America out of the millions, you know, 200 million cars or however many cars there are in America that say faith. And then in Kentucky at the time, there were about 1.5 million cars. And I came in front of, I was behind the one car that says faith, you know, so I won the lottery. It was like 1.5 million ch chances that I would have this message in front of me. So I started realizing that God speaks in all of these ways and I started to really fall into faith. I started falling into my faith. What does that feel like for me? What does even my God look like and feel like for me? It's different than the God I was taught about, the God that I was told to believe in. And um, from there, it went down a whole nother journey 
um, eventually got sober and, and stayed sober um, and really worked on all of these issues. Little by little, piece by piece, I rebuilt my life. I always say I dug my hole and then I dug 10 feet under it. And I, that's where I was when I first got sober and, and first, you know, started reconnecting with God. And it was like little by little, I was able to like scratch down the sides and build up the bottom of the, of the foundation and keep scratching down and, and keep pulling myself up and pulling myself up and having help, help of people pulling me up or throwing some dirt in for me so that I could eventually like get back to like this, like base level of hole. You know, I finally was like in a hole, but it wasn't as bad. It wasn't 10 feet under the hole. And then I was digging up on the sides and people would throw ropes and I could get a little farther and, you know, people threw, um, you know, certain spirituality practices at me and I could get higher and higher. And eventually I felt like I made it to the top. Um, and since then I've been just learning and growing in all of these different ways and different healing modalities and different um, prayers and meditation. And um, yeah, and and it's, it's, it's such a crazy um, long story. So I will let you ask what you're, you're, you're oh. guided or called to, to talk about. <laughs> well, uh, the first thing I, that I really want to say is that I thank you for sharing so authentically. I was like, like pulling the tears back at times there. Um, and I really acknowledge you and being here and sharing this. And, um, and, and I know deep down that however vulnerable it may, it may, have, you may have felt at times that I'm, what I'm hearing is that you were meant for this. You were made for this. That's why you're here now doing what you're doing, because I know you're inspiring so many people to change the way that they think about their lives so that they can transform their lives. I can hear that through you. It's funny, as you were talking, I wrote down two words. I wrote down listening and faith before you even talked about faith, because what, what I was hearing was that is that it's, it's that you had faith all along even from a young child, having that awareness of the divinity of who you are, it, 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 it strikes me that that faith is seated in, has been seated in you and maybe you just kind of took a detour and then you were reminded with the license plate, you know, that, that of who you are. And uh, thank you. Thank you for bringing, bringing you here right now. Thank you. Thank you. I yeah. I have to share one thing about my aunt. So that aunt that I told you about that baptized me and was she would s spend hours in prayer every day. Um, you know, sometimes three, four hours I would see her pray. She would get up way before I would if I spent the night with her and I would just she would pray, pray, pray. She's such a um, this beautiful faith that that made me inspired to feel that way. But um, that's that's a outside that's a story longer than what i need to share but i had to give a little context there um she she told me the saying when i was really little that i didn't remember until years into my sobriety and years on my spiritual path um and she said ryan some shepherds lead sheep and some shepherds lead shepherds and you are the latter you are a shepherd who leads other shepherds and I honestly, at what, four or five years old, who even knows what that means? Mm. Um, and I remember it having a significance and it, and it, and it placed the memory held in my mind until years, years later, I was dating. Um, I would say the guy that I, you know, I'd been dating this guy and we had a, a pretty deep spiritual connection, which was harder to find in the LGBTQ plus community in the region that I'm from. And, um, 
and he had told me that I helped connect him back with God. But, but more the diff, more not more than that. But additionally to that, he had said something right after that. He said, "It's like you're a shepherd of shepherds," and I, I was reminded of it was like an it was like a uh, memory explosion, like. You know, like people talk about having like spiritual downloads or things coming in. This was like a download of a memory that I had I had long lost put on the bookshelf and it was dusty and covered and yeah. um, maybe got undusted, but I still couldn't see it. It was it was behind other books or something. It was hidden away. And when he said that, it like came to the surface. He came at me and I was like, and, and we just started crying. And we said, and I, and I told him the story. I said, my aunt said that, shepherd of shepherds. And I said, and I remembered the whole story then. Of, and I could see it. It was like I was sitting right there, like my aunt is sitting right there selling, telling me this when I'm four or five years old, not knowing any idea what that meant. I could just feel it. Yeah. I could feel the impact and significance of it. But I, but it was like, didn't come full circle till 25, 23, 24 years, 25 years later. Um, just like the number plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so I want to, there's, there's a couple of questions that I have in my heart. And the first one, I, I think in, if they're going to be in any kind of order, this is the one that I would really like to just ask you primarily, because you, you spoke about how prayer was really relevant for you um, as a young child or a young, a young adult, maybe young teen, and then growing up and growing into the knowing of prayer. And then having that information from your carers and parents and elders around you and wisdom keepers that would be telling you, you know, you're not going to be loved for who you are, basically, that the, the divine doesn't, it chooses who it loves. And that if you make a choice as a human being, you're not going to be loved for that choice. And that, that I can, you know, I, that, that must have ripped your world apart to, to believe that, that God would only love certain people for certain things. And, so how, I, I, and then being through this incredible experience and transformation, now you look back at this and then you see yourself and the way that you pray now, how you use prayer, how has that, how has that changed the way that you absolutely know that that is not the truth? That the yeah. truth is that God loves you and God loves each of us, you know, and that God is within us and as us and through us. How... Where was that change? Where was that shift for you? Yeah, well, it deeply resonates with me before I go into that, that you said that God loves all of us because my my God, my version of God um, that I feel in my heart loves everyone innately for who they are. There's nothing that you have to do or say or be. Um, you just are loved. You are, um, I am that I am and you are that and you are loved and beautiful no matter what. And so, um, I didn't really have people saying things like that to me when I was growing up. And so that's something that I tell my daughter now all the time. Like you are love, like God loves you. I love you. You don't have to do anything to be loved um, by me and by God um, in, in my eyes and in my heart, you're just are. And so that would have, that would have been really beneficial for me as a child. And it would have also been, been very beneficial to have like LGBTQ resources, right? Because that was really the disconnect, the final you know, it started building when I felt so different, but then the big shift was knowing that I was, you know, gay or bisexual and then hearing all of this, God hates you essentially. Right. And I didn't have to even hear it directly. No one came to me and said, Ryan, if you're gay, God hates you. 
and you are bad. It was like, I knew because I, I, that that's what they thought and believed because I saw how they treated people. I had a cousin named Billy and the way they treated Billy, he was an older cousin and um, he was in the LGBTQ plus community, or at least they presumed he was. And they would say things like, oh, just pray for Billy, pray for cousin Billy, pray for Billy. He's, he's, he's lost and he's going to be damned and he's going to hell and, you know, save him and save him. And, and um, then I would see how they acted around him and it didn't line up. Like, I could see that they treated him a little different in person, but like, it's like, like they were on eggshells or tipping, tippy toeing around things, but they still loved him. So then I started feeling like, well, they loved him, but they're being disingenuous and saying these things and, and talking behind his back. And, and then obviously saying that their God doesn't, doesn't love him. And, and it started really playing, you know, the, it started getting deeply embedded into me. And then you hear it in society and school and churches and other things where, you know, like LGBTQ people or gay people go to hell. And it's like, it just really started this, this huge disconnect. And so I moved away from early childhood, um, feeling that deep connection to the divine and with God and going to church and, and singing. And that was my favorite thing is connecting through worship music, through uh, praying and through song, um, through even singing. And I'm a really bad singer, but I would sing as a child because I really enjoyed that connection. And that's where I felt most connected to God. Then it was like something's severed. Um, and, and I had to relearn that. So it's like the connection was always there, but, but I, I pushed it aside and didn't let it, um, didn't, it's like when I cut the cord and, and unintentionally, right. As a kid, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew like, I was like, well, God hates me. I should hate myself. And I'm not connected to God anymore. If God hates me, why would I want to be connected to God? And it's like I've severed a, a cord or relationships or, you know, the light from coming in. I, I just put a wall up. I put a cut a cord. I put it aside. And then as I opened that door back up, like I said, the first time when I, when I got on my knees after my drug dealer had, had 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 that initial conversation about faith with me, I was able to, to have a pinpoint of light. And from there, I was able to make another pinpoint, another pinpoint, another pinpoint. And soon enough, even though there's still a lot of darkness and there's still a lot of like confusion and there's still not all the clarity in the world, I started getting to see the light in the picture. And then I could see myself, right? I could look in the mirror because I had enough light now where I could look in the mirror and say, wow, like this is not the life you want to live. This is not the life you're called to. Um, this isn't the life you're meant for. And started connecting with prayer in that way. And, and, and this like more meditative sense or more like knowing or awareness or, um, and that's how it started working in. And then it started working through meditation was really the main key, um, which it's interesting because some people would think that, you know, it started as prayer, then turn into meditation, but it was actually meditative practices that then allowed me to feel God in my heart to this like overwhelming sense that I then needed to speak to God, speak with God, commune with God. Um, prayer to me isn't just speaking to God, it's listening for answers. And that's what you get through meditation. You can get both, but you get that answer. You get that call and response. And meditation is the response from God, from the divine, from the creator, from the universe, um, from Gaia, Mother Earth, from all of those things, which all to me are all encompassing of God. Um, but that's where I could sit still and, and listen and um, feel God's love really, really um, purposeful, the very purposeful, real, 
raw love from God. Um, and, and, and prayer has been interesting because that's how it morphed for me. It's actually funny because God came to me and spoke to me, um, and through me before I really ever started a prayer regimen, when I first got, so it was actually the day that I decided to stop all drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and, and everything. Um, God came to me that day wow. and told me what my purpose and mission was. But even though God came to me that day, I didn't just start praying the next day. I, I just did it. I, I really, I, I eased into it. It's like when they say you have to learn how to crawl before you can run as a toddler. Yeah. Um, I had to, I had to learn how to crawl. I had to learn how to, to get to, to the place where prayer looked more traditional. And before that, it looked way different. It, it looked like meditation. It looked like um, calling on angels and archangels and spirit guides. It call, it looked like calling on Jesus. It looked like, um, um, asking for guidance. It looked like asking for, for answers or, or, um, little glimpses or little, little synchronicities that lined up. And so that's what, that's what it looked like for me. And it looked way different. And then it's evolved, like I said, to a more formal prayer. Now I meditate and pray, um, and, and do a more formalized prayer and pray with my, with my daughter before bed every night a little bit different than like a traditional Christian prayer, but we pray, we, we, we give gratitude. It's just really just a prayer of gratitude. Um, and so, yeah, Beautiful. prayers look way, di way different than they, they, it's like morphed into this other thing. And I also, like I said, see prayer as meditation. They're interchangeable for yeah. me. They're just different pieces of it or aspects of, of prayer. So beautiful. And I love what you were saying about this, um, you know, one, one piece of, or just, opening up to the light and then it's like the filter kind of expands and it doesn't all happen all at one time i mean it can do but then even after that even if it does and we have an epiphany there are other pieces and we we are called to journey and experience and deepen and inquire and i love it because it feels to me like you've you've done this the right way it's like it feels so right you to meditate first is to build that awareness. And then once you establish that awareness, you felt confident to have this full on, like <laughs> full on um, conversation with God and uh, with the faith that God is here. So beautiful in your heart. Wow. For anybody that is listening, if you're here right now or viewing because we're on Facebook and we're on YouTube, thank you for joining us. I can see that a few messages are being popped up here. Prince, hello. It's great to be with you here, Prince Fleet. And um, and Wayne, welcome to the Cosmic Prayer. Uh, we're here with Ryan Joseph Allen, who, yeah, sending love and blessings. There we are. We're here with Ryan Joseph Allen, who has, uh, who is, such an inspiration for for each of us because um after the break this is what i want to just come into asking you maybe just ponder this while the while diego pl uh, plays a couple of our promotions here on you know in a moment but what's what's coming through for me is the inspiration that you that you are you know a shepherd leading shepherds and there are times in our lives when it, all of us feel like I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sheep. <laughs> I can't even get up, and and yet here you are, knowing what you're, what you, what is yours to do, 
And very often we're not aware of what is ours to do. You know, there's it, it can it can feel like we're kind of wading through mud. And um, I'm just really so inspired by you because you know very clearly why you're here and what you're doing and how you uh, teach or inspire others to actually bring out that, to bring that out in themselves when they may not be sure within themselves of how they can get to that place of knowing what it is. Because we're all seeded with a mandate here, aren't we? I believe this. We're all seeded with a, a soul mandate. So, um, so should we continue with that after a little pause here? Yes, I have so yeah. many things that are going in my mind. So yeah, and, and really have to put that aside and listen to my heart and speak from my heart because I could just speak about that for 10 years. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> 10 well, hours. Yeah, like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll see you in a moment. You're here on the Cosmic Prayer. <laughs> Back in a moment. Media Network is on the rise. We're looking to grow with you. Do you have technical media experience or perhaps a desire to learn? Are you willing to volunteer your precious time and attention? We share this message to benefit all. If you possess a computer with a camera and a microphone, we will share our knowledge with you. Behind the scenes or being the star, let us bless our one. Contact us at info at ntmedia.org. Welcome back to the Cosmic Prayer here on New Thought Media Network. Just getting which way to turn because it's backwards here. On the... We're here joined by uh, by Ryan, and Ryan Joseph Allen is a best-selling author of My Drug My Drug Dealer Brought Me to God, and we've just been talking about this and exploring it further. Here we are. Thank you, Diego for pulling up Joseph um, Ryan's uh, website, which is a fantastic website. It's so clear, so bold, so bright, so like uh, inviting for everything that you're doing here. You're a speaker and a teacher and you are 
engaging with nonprofit companies, showing them how to lead as a leader. And your story is one of so much bravery and courage, one where you are, you have been through so many ideas of yourself as a spiritual being. That's what I would say. And, and you're following your heart to really stand by what you believe in and the faith that you have bringing your story through your book, which I know you said at the beginning when we were on, you're not an author, you don't like reading, you don't like writing, but you wanted to write it anyway. <laughs> and I just love that because, you know, let's talk about this. And if, if we, if we're not sure of what our journey is and what our path is, how, how do you, I know you coach, you're a transformational coach. You must hear this so often, you know, but what I'm stuck, I don't know where or what or how or when or why. What is it that you guide people to know in their hearts? Yeah, well, and, and everyone's journey's so different, right? So it's never, it's never about telling people what their journey is or even maybe even what their journey could be. It's about allowing them to tap in to your heart. Um, when you tap into your heart, really every answer will come come to you and mm. it might not come in your timing as well so you have to we have to realize as humans um you know we have to be gentle with ourselves is number one and we have to like set expectations but not um i feel like specific specific um specific ways that we set up our expectations where we it has to be this way it has to be that way very um very what's the word well it kind of like it's when we get into our logical thinking of how things should be and it needs to run this way or else it's all going wrong and then judgment comes in and we set ourselves up for a fall basically because it's not happening as we think it should and it's how always going to happen on god's time isn't it yeah it's the divine timing step piece, away so. yeah <laughs> and i think Number one is to be gentle with yourself because because it's not in your timing. Um, it's not always in your timeline. Just to be gentle with yourself. So your purpose might start out as working in a retail store. And you, you know, this happened to me. I worked in this fair trade retail store and was trying to figure out, I was like, I like this work. I like talking to the guests. This is right after getting sober. So I was still in university, still in college, but I had to get a job and had to start rebuilding these pieces of my life, right? I was starting to dig myself out of that big hole I was talking about earlier. And I worked at this retail store and started realizing that I loved to connect with people. I loved a genuine, authentic connection, no matter what it was about. And in this case, I was a lot of times talking about fair trade products and spiritual-based products that this store was selling. Um, but but it was more than that. It was like this connection, this 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 part where I felt like I was helping somebody other than just myself by going to work. So for me, it was about finding joy, finding um, purpose and what I was doing, even if it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my I didn't even really have an end goal. Um, and God, honestly, God told me what my mission was and purpose, which is a very, you know, it, it's kind of on the other side of this. Like I was given my mission and purpose. Um, and then I had to figure out year through the years and years and years how I could live my mission and purpose. But it's the same thing, even if you don't know what your mission and purpose is, it's to go into your to your work. It's go to go into um, your family, to your friend groups, to wherever, and just 
be present and connect and feel and feel what feels good for you. Um, feel what lights up your heart, what lights up your soul, because oftentimes that's connected to your purpose. And you know what I like to always say, and, and I kept getting this message really strong as I was working on my master's degree, and uh, I was actually working on my part of my doctorate degree. Um, I kept getting the message because I was still waiting tables, um, fine dining in, in the city that me and JJ live in, um, who's, who's inter who introduced me to Laura. And um, it's funny, I kept getting the message time and time again, God meets you where you're at, Ryan. God meets you where you're at. You can create beautiful, meaningful connections and relationships with people no matter where you are at, period. Waiting tables, you know, I would, and this, and this happened time and time and time again, other servers in the restaurant would come to me and say, how do you get your tables to be so nice? Or that table over there, they're, they're so mean. I've had them many multiple times. And, and now they're, you're, you gave them a hug at the end of their dinner and you are crying together and you were connected and you shared. And how did you do that? And it was like, that's how you can, and that's just a funny example, but it's true. You know, that's how you can live your purpose is just showing up. And sometimes, and, and letting go of, of your timing, letting go of that piece and letting go of where you have to be in what moment and just living your 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 authenticity. It stems, so for me, it's, it's like a step process when you don't know what your purpose is and you don't know what you're called to do. It's about being gentle to yourself. Mm -hmm. It's about showing up for yourself and others in an authentic way in the present moment. Um, it's about finding what feels good to you. And it could be, anything. It could be, I was coloring and I that felt good to me. Well, then maybe you're supposed to do something. Maybe you're allowed to do something with art. You're called to do something with art. You're guided to do something, but maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just using your hands. Maybe you realize you like to, you know, to be a, a mechanic on cars because you created something with your hands from nothing, from, you know, from little pieces to something big or putting something together. It doesn't have to be, and, and, and living your purpose doesn't have to be some type of like calling that's like, prophetic in that way that you might think of it. Sometimes your, your calling is, your purpose is just to live your calling, to live that piece of your life that really authentically, the most authentically that you can and yeah. sharing your truth with people, sharing your heart with people, regardless yes. of what job you're doing. Your, your purpose doesn't always coincide with your job, but I would argue your, or your career even. But what I do argue is that you could show up in that job or career and use your purpose, regardless of what you're doing at your job. Yes, I love the way you say that. And um, um, for me, I feel like it's, it's also that we can live fully God expressed, loving what we're doing, knowing that we're expressing the divine. And, and when we show up as love and, and actually are that love in action, then we're kind of living our purpose. Because it's right. like no matter what you're doing, if you're no matter what it is, because mm -hmm. the love is coming through. And so even if there are parts of it that may not feel good, we can choose to love it. It's it's a it's a piece of work in it's a piece of work in progress, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And that self-love piece before, because I yeah. feel like, you know, you can you can have a sense of love for for your neighbor, for your partner, for your um, grandma for your coworkers, for your church congregation. But until you truly start doing that work on yourself to love yourself, 
yeah. which is for me at least um, a lifelong journey. Um, at least to this point, we'll see, you know, 10 years, I might say, I really found out. I, 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 I don't have any more self-love to gain. Don't have any more awareness. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you kind of learn and grow about around self-love and, and which incorporates all these things that people are talking about these days, like self-care and um, being authentic, sharing your story, uh, you know, and, and these pieces that, that all come together. And it stems from really diving in and learning how to love yourself. And it is a full journey. It is not one simple thing. You can't, you know, I could give you a list of 10, 10 reasons or 10 ways to love yourself, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't do justice to it. There's no, there's no guide. Um, mm. it, it's different for every person, but I promise you when you start to do little things to love yourself and it could just be simply self-care, there's many avenues to reach points of self-love and they don't all start in the same place. It doesn't have to start with prayer. It doesn't have to start with meditation. It doesn't have to start with self-care. It doesn't have to start with, um, you know, doing reflections or journaling. It doesn't have to start with this or that. It doesn't have to start with doing artwork or being creative. It doesn't, it starts wherever it's going to start. Yeah. And you just, it's acknowledging it and saying, wow, I think that's a way for me to, to love, to honor my soul, to honor my heart. And I want more of that whatever it looks like, it, like I said, it, it looks going to look different for every single person. Um, and so that, but being on that self-love journey is really the way that we, we were able then to, to pull on our heart space, our heart center, our heart chakra, whatever words you use, um, the energy around love, it's all the same to me at least. And uh, you're able to pull on that and you're able to really live your purpose just by being love. You know, that's, and then the other pieces come in, the logistical left brain pieces come in. Once you can figure out the right brain pieces and that heart space, you're golden. Um, yeah. you, you really get guided on, on what to do and where to go. And the right people come into your life. The right book comes into your life. The right um, podcast comes into your life. The right Facebook post comes into your life. The right message that you find on the ground. The message you the find right in The right license trees. plate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you're working with people if you're working with people that are i don't know if you work with people or work alongside people that are in um in recovery or have had a lot of trauma in their lives and are ready to take a leap and i i think the reason i'm asking this right now is for viewers that may be listening or anybody that might listen afterwards we're all always in recovery of something you know it's it, it really isn't only an obvious substance kind of um, usage, is it? We're, we're all recovering from something, especially in the last couple of years. We're all recovering on a collective from a, a profound experience of trauma and grief. And I'm just wondering, though, how you, you know, when people come to you, um, with the experience that you've had and your life and your journey and the adventure and the conscious decision you made one day, that's it. I'm making a change now. Um, how do, how do you um, guide maybe is the wrong word. But what is in your heart for anyone that is listening that may want to make that change and feel scared? Well, number one is that, yes, we are all in recovery from something um, probably 
probably for 99.9999% of us, um, that's childhood trauma around being abandoned, around not being good enough, around always, you know, um, perfectionism around this and that, that, that is projected to us from society, from parents, from familial bonds, from school, church, wherever, um, those messages come to us. And so we're always learning those, those basic, um, I like to call them like macro level traumas, um, meso level traumas, really. Um, and other traumas build on that. Um, and then those other traumas lead oftentimes to abuse of drugs or alcohol or mental health or these things, but they're almost like symptoms of the core root um, trauma. And we have a residual traumas. And then like right now we have a collective trauma with um, navigating the, the pandemic the last couple of years and what that looks like. And um, here in the States, it's, it's also, there's a political trauma, I feel at yeah. least. Absolutely. Um, from from just experiencing this like very regimented dichotomy that like you have to be on one side or the other and and you have to and, and, and there's another way yeah. which there's another conversation there isn't there it's like yeah. love <laughs> i always say i would never run for political office unless some someone creates something called the love party Come the on then, let's really do it. For love because there's just no, there's a million change, million ways to change the world. And for me, the, that that way doesn't feel, um, I don't feel called to, to work in that arena right now. Because I have friends that come to me quite often and ask, when are you running for office? When are you going to run for this? And I'm like, absolutely not. And the reason why is because I feel that I'm not able to, to really be heart-centered in those spaces oftentimes doesn't mean that I'm not a part of conversations. It doesn't mean that I don't do my, you know, duties as a citizen. It doesn't mean I don't do these things. But what it does mean is that I don't get caught up in the, the narrative. And yeah. Um, yeah, this could be a whole whole topic for another day. Could be, yeah. Um, but, but, I, but I think it was important because it stems back to living your authentic truth. And... Um, and what that looks like for so many people is that there is there is trauma, and you are you are in a recovery. And so, what I study for for my um, doctoral degree is post traumatic growth, um, and I'm looking specifically at LGBTQ communities oh, wow. and spiritual communities together. Um, but but what I've started to notice is that like every single person I talk to has religious trauma or spiritual trauma. Every person I talk to has trauma. I've not met one person in life that doesn't have trauma. So I say this to say, yes, like to, to piggyback on what you said earlier, we are all in, in this recovery. And so really number one for me, and this is just, you know, there's a million different ways and avenues to get to where you're going, to get to a place where you can learn how to have self-love, where you can learn your purpose, where you can learn your spiritual or belief system, whatever that may look like, because there's a, tons of those too, um, and whatever feels good to you. But it, I think it really starts with self-reflection. It starts with looking at and working through and talking about your story. Now I tell people, some people are gonna need to work through their story with a therapist. You know, I have a friend who, um, a best friend um, who was, well, I have multiple best friends actually that have similar stories that were abused by people in their family sexually. And um, sharing their story might look way different than someone who had trauma around um, wearing glasses and having red hair, though that's still a trauma because maybe they got picked on for that. 
Oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm that person. <laughs> you are, you are that person. But but the, but the trauma in that area, and I'm not to say that that person doesn't have other traumas, but I'm just simplifying it. Their traumas are gonna look way different than the traumas of somebody else. And so some people might need support of a therapist, of um groups, of nonprofits, of other resources. So I like to say that because I think you know, looking at my story, you could say, well, you just had a conversation with your drug dealer. Oh, and then you had another conversation with a friend and God came to you and told you your purpose and blah, blah. Everyone's journey is different. So that's a very, I mean, I don't want to say very out there journey, but it's the journey that's much different um, than a lot of times what I hear. But what I do hear time and time and time and time again is that people started the self-realization, the self-actualization um, when they were able to start sharing their story when they were start starting to unpack that trauma, when they were starting to look at ways they could grow past the trauma. That's why I'm looking at post-traumatic growth yeah. um, from, from this trauma that people have experienced or lived. Because what's important for me to look at is how people got from point A to point B, and then they'll get to point C, D, E, F, G down the road. But point A to B is this like bounce back to resiliency from trauma that Brene Brown talks about a lot. Um, you know, she, her, all her works around resiliency and, um, then it's, it's a growth beyond that. It's a growth beyond that. And that means a growth for yourself, a growth that you're able to take out into the world. But to get to that point, you have to start sharing your story. And that could be in many different ways. That could be journaling or audio journaling. That could be, um, sharing with a close friend, a trusted family member, um, a therapist, a psychologist, um, a peer support specialist, going to peer support groups, going to some type of book group, going to some type of spiritually based group, going to some type of whatever. You could share more publicly on social media if you feel safe. You could write a book. Um, you could write poetry. You could do artwork, all expressing your journey and, and, and looking into your story. Now we don't, and I say this not lightly because it is a whole experience. But once you start doing that, it, it, it's important to realize that you don't have to get stuck in your story. You don't have to get stuck in your trauma. The only reason we're, we're visiting it and revisiting it at that point is so that we're able to break free of it. Yes. Um, doesn't mean that we didn't experience it, but we are set free from the chains of it. And it goes down to like, it's like... It's like, it's like, um, it's like you cut the chains and then it sinks to the bottom of the ocean and it starts to dissolve little by little, but you are not, it's not tethering you. It's not drowning you anymore. You're not pulled under the water by it. You're now able to swim freely. You're able to go down and, and, and dive deep into the ocean and, and pick out pieces by piece that you want to unpack at that time, but it's not weighing you down. So right. when you make the choice to start unpacking it, little by little. I mean, you know, people with like my friend who was sexually abused by people in their family, it wasn't just a simple, like, learn how to love myself. It was very, it was, she had to work on, un, they, they both had to work on unpacking piece by piece with yeah. therapists, with, with, you know, peer support groups, with counselors, with spiritual guidance, with all of these things. It took a village. It takes a village yes. sometimes. So there's, yes. there's no one right way. And there's, everyone's story is different, but I would argue that I wouldn't argue, but I would just em 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 emphasize that it's important that you share your story in a safe way that feels safe to you, that feels good to you, because that is going to be one of the avenues to release this trauma, to not let it have a hold on you, and then to start the growth process past that. Um, and then within that, you oftentimes will find your purpose 
purpose, your passion, your mission, right? Because you'll you're not you're not tethered to that. Um, you're not living in that in that trauma, which Vibration. doesn't allow you to live in your heart. Yeah. Wow, we could talk for hours. Well, I could. <laughs> I could listen to you for hours because you have so much to to share, and I'm just. Uh, you know, I could go back in with what you've just talked about. and <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, I'm just really conscious here of the timing and that, you know, we we are um, coming in up to the top of the hour here. And it's been just so amazing with you coming onto the Cosmic Prayer and sharing. I want to first of all uh, thank Reverend JJ Giaducci for bringing you to New Thought Media Network. And because I feel, you know, we could we could um, definitely come back and share again. That would just be so beautiful because you have so many teachings in your heart that are authentic, that people need, you know, they need to hear. We all need, I need to hear it. And I want to thank you, Ryan, for everything that you're doing, uh, for, for the way that you're showing up and the way that you're giving people permission to, um, to go deep because so often we think it's just, this is a surface job thing we just kind of scratch the surface and then we're doing the inner work but no you're you're so right we we have this responsibility for ourselves to go deep and to really realize who we are so thank you diego for bringing up uh ryan's website here my drug dealer brought me to god and people can find this on amazon yes your book and uh and purchase it there and if you're interested in coaching, mentoring, uh, knowing more about Ryan's work, then please look at this website and understand what he does and how he can uh, how he can really serve your community. And I want to thank you for being here, being so present and for sharing. Well, thank you so much yeah. for allowing me to to um, share some of my love with you and co-create a beautiful conversation. And um, if I can say one last word, it's something we Let's already do. talked about um, and it came up organically, but I just want to emphasize it one more time is that you are innately loved for who you are. You don't have to do a single thing. You don't have to be a certain person. You don't have to do a certain job. You don't have to show up a certain way. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You are just loved for who you are. And I think that is a huge piece and learning to, to love yourself is to just to know you're innately loved, no matter what you believe in, whatever you believe in for your divine or for, you know, and this even goes for my atheist and humanist friends that might not have, might not consider that spirituality or divine, they might consider an inner knowing, but when you can look or in their heart, um, you know, all my, all my, my, at least my close humanist and atheist friends, they, they are still very connected to their heart and yeah. that's all you need. All you need is love. Yeah. And when you can connect with that love, then you can learn these little bits and pieces on how to love yourself and how to love the world um, and how to love your community and the people around you more um, boldly, um, more intentionally and more authentically. So I just want you to know that you are loved regardless of what you believe in, regardless of what you've been told, regardless of what's been used to hurt you or yeah. Um, make you feel small that that's not true like you are good enough and you are loved and you are beautiful just the way you are in this moment without doing a single damn thing <laughs> sorry to say a cuss word um a darn that's thing. all right <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need to do 
have to do a single darn thing. You were just loved. And so it is. <laughs> and so it is. Thank you so much for being here, Ryan. Um, please come back and share again in the new year. That would just be amazing. And I want to learn more about you and your doctorate program and the work that you're doing in the world. Definitely. <laughs> Thank you again. You brought tears to my eyes and that oh. <laughs> feel very connected to you and this yeah. experience. So thank you for, for co-creating that, that beautiful, beautifulness it's, with me. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how, um, how we're connected here. We're all one. And, and this is an example of that, you know, as you showed up um, in the one mind, this is so much, so beautiful. And I want to also remind everybody that's watching, viewing now or later that we are on New Thought Media Network. Uh, the amazing Diego is our producer, show producer, putting up all this information, being here, making sure the show runs smoothly. Thank you, Diego, from my heart. And New Thought Media Network is a broadcasting ministry uh, with the senior minister, Reverend Robert Brzezinski, with an amazing vision to bring uh, programming like this and others to uh, people's lives to inspire them to know the truth of who they are. So as you're feeling called to financially make a donation, the link is down below. You can do that really easily by just clicking on it in the Facebook page and, and donating and being a part of this uh, energetic cleaning consciousness. So thank you again, Ryan. Thank you, Diego. And thank you to everybody watching and listening. And uh, have a blessed day wherever you are on this amazing planet. Bye from Thank me. you for listening to Cosmic Prayer, your weekly shift with Laura Topper on the New Thought Media Network. If you've enjoyed this programming, please tell a friend and join us again next week for Cosmic Prayer, your weekly shift with Laura Topper.